welcome to another episode uh, of the Break Magazine Secret Podcast. This week's episode, I think, is going to be a fantastic one. We have already done six minutes of it and had to go back, technical issues. Um, And this week, we are talking about building rafts around adventure bikes or around motorcycles in general. I think building rafts from scrap makes, for a start, great TV. It was done quite a lot, especially here in the UK. Famous TV show called Top Gear did it. A whole TV show was built around building things out of parts you could find. It was called Scrap Heap Challenge. And for anyone that watched it, it was utterly fantastic. And tonight, I'm tonight's guest, I'm joined by a person who thought sailing a raft with a bike in the middle of it into the Pacific Ocean was a great idea. Dylan Wickrama, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. I think it was back in, you said, 2013, you took a GS and turned it into an outboard motor, plonked it square in the middle of a raft built from barrels and bamboo and I think a ton of enthusiasm. And then you filmed your journey and have now edited it into what I think is a fantastic film that feels kind of like the love child of Castaway and Austin Vince's Mondo Enduro. It's this raw, authentic, kind of crazy, emotional 90 minutes of storytelling where almost it feels like you couldn't quite get everything in that you probably wanted to. So firstly, as I said, welcome to the podcast. How are you this evening? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's raining. Uh, I guess you guys also um, are having um, thunderstorms and, and, and stuff, right? Yeah, we are. The weather today has turned a little bit horrendous and I've managed to squeeze in some technical difficulties as well. But it seems like we're all good. So I think my first question is a little bit about one of the kind of side characters of your film. It's a place called the Darien Gap. And I think in adventure, in like uh, more hardcore adventure circles, the Darien Gap is quite a legendary place. But in your film, I think it more serves as the catalyst for this story than the story itself. So to start with, can you explain what it is for me? Well, the Iron Gap is a, a, a massive big jungle. Um, I mean, not as big as uh, Amazon, but uh, it is quite large. That is between Panama and Colombia. Um, I think as a motorcyclist, you would encounter... Um, or hear about the Aryan Gap if you are traveling down uh, along this uh, Pan American Highway. Because um, Pan American Highway, if you are going from north down south, uh, in, in Panama, roads end. There are no roads continuing okay. down to Colombia. So uh, that's it. So you have to probably find a, a way to uh, continue your journey from. From Panama, mostly, um, I mean, most of the people they do it with a boat. Uh, they go to Cologne and take that boat from Cologne to Cartagena. Um, there are no um, like ferries um, already available there. Or, you know, there are no schedules, so you basically have to talk 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 around and you know ask people um, or, or organize yourself uh, a, a boat that is going from Panama to, to, to Colombia. So, um, but the thing is, um, I was considering doing the Darien Gap, uh, like going across um, through the Darien Gap because it has been done in the past. Uh, I think in the 80s or 90s, I can't remember exactly. Um, 
there's a, a guy, uh, I think a Norwegian guy. Yeah, Hel- Helga Pedersen, I think his name is. Right. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, I found out that you can't do it by yourself. You, you have to have people helping you. You have to have, uh, uh, you know, dugout canoes. You have to, you know, go a long way along rivers. Um, so there I started to do something, you know, I thought if you want to do it by yourself, the best way to do it, just, you know, build a, a raft and go around the Darien um, with this with this raft. So, you know, you can do it by yourself. Um, that, that was the idea. But of course, Darien Gap is 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 not a, an easy, easy place. There are um, like lots of uh, dangerous things. You have uh, terrorists, FARC rebels were there, and also uh, lots, lots of, you know, people who kidnapped. They were kept in the Darien jungle, that, though, uh, somewhere I, I've heard, and also drug smugglers and uh, quite hostile um, tribesmen. Um, so there are lots of, um, you know, uh, spooky things <laughs> in the Darien jungle. That's a very good word um, for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, in the t- 2013, when I was uh, about to, you know, go around the Darien Gap, I there wasn't much inf- inf- information. I mean, you could you, you had no information about boats and and, and uh, ferries and uh, nothing of the sort. Um, but nowadays, you can if you Google what the Darien Gap is, probably you will find quite a few documentaries and you know lots of information about it um but in 2013 i know it, it's not a it's not a long time it's not like uh, seven years but uh, it has changed a lot uh, the, 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 there is a, a a big interest in the darien ga- gap um people especially because lots of uh, Lots of uh, refugees. They are flying into a South American country and they are trying to cross the Darien Gap uh, in order to get to USA. Um, there are even, you know, smugglers. You know, people, uh, you know, get the help of these smugglers. You know, pay them some money and they will just guide you through the Darien Gap uh, into into Panama. But uh, I think recently the U.S. Uh, government uh, has put a, an end to that. Uh, they wanted. Um, the, the the Panamanians to to you know arrest anyone who is crossing over you know, who is, anyone who is coming from Colombia into Panama um, so that you know because all those people who enter Panama they are going to end up in the U.S. Uh, after a couple after a few months so um, uh, yeah I think the traffic must have uh, slowed down a bit now. Um, and and also the things are much more stricter because the police uh, will be controlling the area quite uh, quite often. But in those days, I didn't have any of that. I mean, you know, I didn't go through the Darien Gap, but I was just uh, you know going around it uh, with this raft. So yeah, so I didn't I didn't really get to know the the real Darien. But <laughs> I don't think the word just uh, in, in the context of this story is quite fair on yourself. So it, it's pretty clear from, from that that even as soon as you found out about this kind of part of the, the journey that you were on, you had to complete, like you had to get around it or get through it. 
that you wanted to do it in a way that was maybe a little bit more difficult. So did you have in your mind this kind of, uh, that you wanted to do something that was really challenging for yourself in terms of an adventure or was it a little bit more kind of fluid than that? Um, actually, um, you know, I, I, up until that point, I had been traveling for two and a half years um, around the world with my GS. And I, my thirst for adventure was getting ever bigger. You know, like I was traveling alone and, you know, traveling through Australia, the, the outback. Uh, doing some some adventures, so I I I, I think uh, I got I got used to that, and I was like you know, um, just trying to test myself. Um, I, I guess this is this is a human thing, a human nature. No, I think we are by nature adventurers. I think the adventurers are the people who who have shaped this uh, this world to what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, imagine. Um, if nobody ever thought of, you know, flying, like, yeah. you know, they saw <laughs> yeah. the birds and they said, hey, oh, wow, wouldn't it be nice to fly? And and I'm sure the, the people who built the, the first aircraft, they did not uh, do it to transport passengers. <laughs> they were just freaking adventurous. They were yeah, just because, yeah, because they yeah, could, not is. for anything more. So, so you know, it just develops. Now, I think mm -hmm. uh, this this adventure spirit is in us. You know, in, in in all of us. I think when I came to Panama, I was a little bit, I'd say, you know, um, confident of myself um, because you know, I I, I uh, until that point, I traveled without any any problems, and you know, problems I I could master all the. Or problems that I, I, I faced um, because I was repairing my bike myself and uh, you know I didn't uh, whenever it broke down somewhere I just took out my toolbox and I just you know started stripping that bike off uh, on the roadside uh, so it just gave me you know this this confidence so hey you can you can just just go ahead and you can just do you know the wild adventures and you will solve all these problems. So when I came to Panama, um, in building that raft was because of that, because I felt confident and I felt like, yeah, why not? You know, just uh, do it by yourself. And I didn't do it actually to to make, you know, to become famous or anything like that. Uh, because as a, as a child, I always dreamt of building a raft uh, with my brothers in Sri Lanka. That's where I, I'm from. Um, so after all these years, uh, I just kept that, you know, I, I, I carried that child within me. <laughs> it was like, hey, you never built a raft. This is your chance. Go for it. <laughs> so in the film, uh, especially at the start, you talk about how this wasn't quite, uh, wasn't like a sudden process where you got to the end of the road and you were like, ah, oh, I'm going to build a raft. You start to think about it from quite a long time before you actually got to Panama. You started drawing plans and bought parts while you were traveling south. Firstly, what was your background knowledge on the subject of building rafts? And secondly, what is your kind of experience in general engineering? What did you know about 
the maths and how to make these things that don't sink when you put a motorbike in the middle of them and how to attach propellers to drive shafts and so on? Um, well, I'm not a, a, a boat builder, so I had, I had zero uh, understanding about boat building or never built a raft. Uh, I, I have not, not been a sailor never sailed in the ocean. I mean, I have not even rode a boat on a, on a, on a lake. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm pretty good at um, engineering. Um, I can, you know, I have in the past done, you know, a few bits and things um, uh, like improvising and, you know, making my own machines. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, um, um, without a clue when it comes to technique. Um, although, you know, I never build a raft. I think, you know, if, you, if you're good at physics, uh, if you can calculate, uh, you can, um, yeah, you know, solve your own problems and, 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 and build a raft. This, this was my, my, my thinking. Um, but it's not as easy as that when you uh, when you're sailing on by yourself on the Pacific Ocean because you know there are, there are so many things that you never never thought of uh, like you know the ocean currents and and, and the waves um, and, and navigation uh, I mean you know I, I, I've always uh, traveled around with a with a you know uh, one of those handheld uh, uh, GPSs but in, on land, it works pretty okay. I never, I did not have maps installed in that, so I mm. knew where I was, or I knew where I was lost. And you know, so yeah, yeah. if you have a, 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 you know, GPS position of of, of, of uh, a certain place, you can manage to get there. But on the ocean, it works. It is a, it's a whole different thing, um, because you know the the the, uh, the currents will carry you. Uh, to a direction where you don't want to go, uh, and then the, the waves would uh, come and you know um, play with your raft, and and then of course uh, uh, you know in the, in the in the at night you have no idea where you are. I, I mean, you can during the day you can say, okay, look, you know, I, I see the sun and I see uh, the land, and uh, I could I could navigate, or I could just at least uh, go along the coast. But it was very different. Um, but of course, I wasn't scared. I was aware, you know, I, I, I felt quite confident I could build a, a, a good enough raft that is fit for the ocean, seaworthy raft, in my case, a catamaran. Um, and off I went, you know, I just wanted, I mean, I did not even have a, have a uh, opportunity to test it because it was a, an illegal, um, adventure, because you know, if you want to go from one country to the next, uh, you have to have paperwork. Uh, I think in in in, uh, in South America, there's there's a paper called ZARPE. ZARPE is a, is a is a, a document that enables you to go from one country to the other uh, with a boat. So you have to have uh, you know captain's uh, information there. You know if you have a license and all that, and then the, the vehicles should be registered, and how many passengers you are carrying, what sort of goods and all that. So that the customs officer they would just look at 
all these things and they will you know give their stamp and an exit exit stamp on your passport and off you go uh but when i wanted to do that uh, they just uh, laughed at me and they said no uh, this is not a, a boat you're not going anywhere <laughs> so by that time i had invested too much too much time on my on my raft and i had already built it so it was just floating around in, in, in you know in, in, in bay of um Panama, it's like a few kilometers away from the, the, the city of Panama. And uh, I knew that I should not just take it for a you know, test ride and um, you know, see how it works because I, you know, I would, it would get confiscated by the police. So I built it and waited there for a couple of days until I you know, organized everything and I just left in the night. Uh, um, you know, uh, when the police men were uh, fast asleep. So, yeah. So, from I think one of the more interesting parts, and and it doesn't get covered that much in the film. The film is very much about the story of the journey, and I think it's fantastic for that. But from my perspective, one of the more interesting things is how you kind of technically went about making this raft. You kind of showed a lot of footage of, of you getting help from local craftsmen and local engineers and, and mechanics. But from a technical perspective, I imagine uh, the GS having a drive shaft to start with was probably quite helpful. Um, so technically, how did like the propulsion system of that GS work? Um, yeah, you've got, it, you've got that right. It's, it's easier to uh, drive a raft with a GS because it has a, a propeller shaft. Uh, so I basically extended that propeller shaft with a, um, I think, a one and a half meter long uh, uh, shaft mm -hmm. and put a propeller at the end of it. Um, so I basically bought a, um, a secondhand uh, final drive and, you know, cut that with a, with a uh, hacksaw and, you know, threw away the, the, um, the what do you call the, the hub. The, yeah, the the pinions and mm -hmm. and and the the big um, uh, I don't know what you got. Is it a uh, I I can't say it in in, in German. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I know the the bit that connects the to wheel. yeah, that's the it. Yeah. Wheel. yeah, just just threw away the crown wheel and then uh, um, I I used it. Uh, uh, so yeah, basically the, the the shaft came and I kept the the bearing, the thrust bearing there, mm -hmm. and then extended the shaft. Uh, by another one and a half meters and, and attached a propeller. Uh, so I knew, you know, in which direction the, the propeller rotated. Uh, so I, um, you know, organized a, um, a, a propeller in uh, Phoenix mm -hmm. because uh, I, I heard about this uh, Darien Gap when I was in Canada. So by the time, and that, that's, that's when I, I decided, okay, you know, when I heard it in Canada, someone told me, uh, you know, you, there's, there's Darien Gap and you have to, you know, you have to organize a boat to cross over to the other side. And then, you know, I said, oh, right, is that true? Then I can, uh, I can build my own raft. So basically I was driving from Vancouver down south and I was the whole time I was like, you know, cooking here, uh, trying to figure out ways uh, to, to, to build a raft. But of course, you know, I didn't ask anyone. I didn't. I did not. 
I did not want to have you know expert opinions. I wanted to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, basically, that is that is the challenge. Yeah, you know, like it, it would be quite easy. Uh, I think you know anybody could do it if you you know go and ask an engineer. Hey, give me you know show me how to build a raft or you know how, how to do this and that. No, I just basically designed it myself. Um, I did not even you know look for YouTube. Uh, uh, videos or you know uh, <laughs> I just basically I, I wanted to do everything by myself yeah, yeah. so in the end you know it, it also uh, it worked out so um, I, I think that your question was more about how I propelled it uh, forward right? yeah 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 so so basically the, the GS is a, a perfect engine for that a well the motorcycle because it has a shaft but the only problem was uh, the heating, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the cooling of the engine, because uh, you would be, you know, I, I was I was thinking like, you know, I would be do, I'd be able to do like 50 kilometers per hour uh, <laughs> with my raft. <laughs> I was just, just daydreaming, uh, but in the end, you know, I was barely reaching like five kilometers per hour, and you know, it led to a lot of overheating of the engine and uh, I had to use uh, seawater to cool the engine down and um, yeah it, you know those are the challenges afterwards you know I, I, I encountered while I was sailing. So you touched on it there what was the kind of what what was the top speed you could get the the boat to do? And um, actually, I didn't want to have a you know I, I, I did not build a, a raft uh, like a like a a fast raft you know i wanted to go as slow as possible because you know with the drag you know if you if you the faster you go the more uh, uh fuel you will you will uh, mm-hmm. uh consume so therefore i i thought you know i, I had i had six gears to play with right mm-hmm. so i didn't have to think about like you know okay if, if it's uh, too slow you know i can just shift up uh, if it's you know if it's if it's rotating too fast if it needs more power, I can just go down. But of course, in the end, uh, I was always uh, running the engine at idle speed, like maybe 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 okay. RPM. And uh, it was doing around, yeah, five, like once I recorded like 10 kilometers per hour, that was with the current and uh, with the, the help of the sail, because you know, I had also a sail. Uh, on the on the on the raft, um, yeah. But the problem was the faster you went, because of the waves, uh, you know, it, it created the cavity. Yeah, um, around the propeller. Know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a special word. Yeah, it's it's called raft. cavitation, I believe. I looked it up. Be- I okay. looked it up because it was right, one so of my questions. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just the, the the propeller always sucked. You know, like yeah, a, yeah. You know, air in, in. It went back. You know, so it did not go. You know, you could not go faster. The the more more revs you gave, mm-hmm. it just it just slowed down. So basically, that was the perfect. Uh, you know, at, at, at idle speed, it was rotating at like uh, three thousand RPM. Mm-hmm. My my little propeller, it was like a thirteen inch. Uh, nine, it's not thirteen inch. I have like like eight inch propeller. Mm-hmm. I had, um, yeah. So. It was, it was, you know, a learning curve. No? I, I, I learned a lot on, on that. <laughs> yeah, path. I can imagine. But, but the next, the good thing is that when I build the next one, 
I know I know what not to do. And, and <laughs> Bigger I know what propeller. What to, you know. <laughs> so um, when when you came up with the idea of building a raft, was there any point where you kind of went through some uh, thought process of building a boat with sides or putting your bike in a boat or anything like that? Or was it always like, no, I'm going to build a raft. It's going to look like this. And that's what I'm going with. Yeah, um, actually, I was, I, I didn't know what, what, what to do. Because as I said earlier, I have never built a raft and I never built them, you know, been on the ocean. So I didn't know how many, how to do it. You know, at the beginning, I was thinking, thinking of building a raft with, uh, you know, these, these plastic uh, drink bottles. Um, because, you know, it had to be cheap. Um, because I, 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 it was all you know, two and a half years uh, into my world tour, uh, so you know my my money was dwindling down. So it's just like I had to do it cheap, but the adventure had to be great. So, um, I, I, so like I was the whole time I was thinking, how can I you know build it cheap? So the cheapest thing that I could get was. The, these uh, empty oil barrels. I, I got a piece for like ten dollars a uh, ten dollars a piece, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I had uh, ten of them. Um, so according to my calculations, you know, it was good enough to carry like two thousand kilos of of, of, of weight. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that you know the, the the bike would not, you know, I would not sink it. Uh, the only only problem was, you know, what happens, you know, if, if a big wave comes and, you know, turns it upside down. Uh, well, I, I also thought, okay, you know, if that happens, then my bike would be in a, in a more stable position because, you know, I had a, a, a keel then, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, bike acting as the keel. <laughs> so it would, it would be underwater, impossible to, you know, <laughs> to flip. On, but at least, you know, I, 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 I will not die. So probably uh, I, I managed to you know, stay on top of the raft and, and, and wait until, until I, 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 you know, come to a drift, a drift to a, um, a small island somewhere, just like, just, just like Tom Hanks in the <laughs> movie, uh, Castaway. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was basically uh, doing a lot of plannings, a lot of plannings, you know, as I said, you know, everything by myself, you know, I was only always calculating and uh, looking around whenever I came to a, 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 a city where I, when I saw a hardware store I just go in like in Mexico I just go into this hardware store and I just look around what can I buy here um, I, it, it was in one of those uh, in those hardware stores in Mexico I got to know a guy he was he was you know he saw my motorcycle he just started talking to me he spoke a little bit of English uh, in Mexico, you, you would not find many people who speak English. So this guy, you know, he was he was asking, what, what are you doing here? So I, I told him, yeah, you know, I'm going to build a raft and I, I need some help. So he said, you know, I, I know a mechanic, I, he could help you. So I told him what I need because, you know, this, 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 this final drive that I had, it also had to be sealed from both sides mm -hmm. that, so that the, 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 the salt water doesn't, you know, seep in. Um, so this guy, he, you know, we, we went, we went to this garage, and and they were so helpful. When I told them that I, you know, what I'm up to, uh, they were like, 
you know, they just stopped everything else and they just started helping me, like three or four mechanics. They worked the whole day and they did not charge me a single dollar for this work. Uh, and you know, I mean, they're not these guys are not not rich people. Yeah. yeah. But you know, they 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 could identify, uh, you know, this, this adventure spirit. You know, every man has this this adventure uh, uh, spirit yeah, in him. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you know, they were they were like, oh yeah, you know, we we would like to help this guy. Uh, so which they did, and it it all worked perfectly. Um, it was actually. I could I could have uh, done a better job uh, if I had a little more experience back then. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. So you touched on it a little bit there that the salt water was always going to be a problem. Like you needed to keep it out of the drive shaft. You also talked about using that seawater to try and keep the engine cool so the air-cooled engine doesn't overheat. Anyone that lives in the UK knows that salt water and motorbikes don't mix well. We have a lot of salt on the roads here in winter and it's a horrendous combination. Bikes disintegrate very quickly. So how much yeah. did that salt water start to play havoc with the rest of your bike? Did it start to eat things away and uh, affect the electrics or was it okay? No, actually I protected all the, the electrical system pretty good with, with um, plastic and you know, mm -hmm. with whatever I could. Uh, but the salt water it did not affect um, at all. Um, like you know, I I I was I had the motorcycle on the uh, on the ocean uh, ocean on the raft for like two months, and uh, when I reached the other side, I was able to just you know wash the salt away, and uh, it was it was fine. Uh, there was there's no rust, nothing. Um, don't forget that motorcycle was a, a 2003 make, mm -hmm. um, so it, it was not a you know a brand new motorcycle. So it, had, it was like a 10 years 10 year old motorcycle, and you know I, I did all that with a 10 year old motorcycle. So, um, but 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 it was I'm I'm quite quite impressed with that with the with the BMW. Um, this was um, pretty pretty cool, you know. Um, uh, I think like like the the, the engine is is made of alloy. I don't know mm -hmm. aluminium uh, um, mix, um, but it's it it it's, it. I, I had no no ox oxidation, nothing at all. Wow, it was, it was perfect. That's quite yeah. that's quite impressive. I would have thought the salt would play uh, play a, a big part in, especially with electrical problems. Um, so you made your journey from Panama. Uh, as you touched on before, under the cover of darkness because essentially they didn't want to let you leave on this not boat of yours. At that point, you also didn't know how to sail and you didn't really know how your raft worked that well. Like this comes across in the film. What was going on in your head at that point? Were you pretty relaxed and confident or were you infinitely aware that you had no idea how this was going to go? Uh I was scared. <laughs> I was. <laughs> it was. It was one of those. Um, one of those moments where you think, okay, um, like a few hours earlier, uh, before I uh, before I left, I met a guy, um, a, a sailor uh, in the, in the, in the marina there, and uh, he knew what I was what I was going to do, and he said, Dylan, 
uh, I don't think you're going to come out of this alive. And, you know, like a couple of hours earlier. And, we, and I told him, really? Is that, is, that, is that what you think? And I'll show you. <laughs> I just, but I was so scared. And, um, but of course, you know, the, the, the fear, to have the fear in you is a, is a good thing. Because without fear, I think, you know, you would be too relaxed and too confident. Yeah, it's going to work out okay. Uh, no, I, I think the fear makes you, you know, keeps you alive and, you know, keeps you awake. Um, that, 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 I think that helped me uh, uh, quite a lot. I mean, you know, fear should not be um, that, you know, it should not be too much that, that you know, it'll, it'll confuse your mind and, you know, you are like all, all shaking, but you can't think. Um, no, but I think uh, to have a certain amount of fear is good. But I was really scared on that the first day, so I just um, I thought, okay, the time has come, and you just have to go and find out yourself. So I did, and I had to learn a lot because you know the navigation on the ocean. Like uh, the first day, I was kind of I didn't know where I was. Like you know, after like like ten kilometers or. 15 kilometers, you don't see land again. Uh, there's nothing, no sign of land. Uh, and and uh, and then I was kind of going the wrong way. There was there were these islands called um, Las Perlas Islands because you know you had to go cut across, um, cut through the the the, the, the Bay of uh, Panama, or what they call uh, Bay of San Miguel. It's called. So you're basically heading towards this this island group uh and i was like okay i i know i had the gps and it was pointing at the islands uh but then i you know somehow i i saw these boats like uh, you know the engine sounds and then i saw boats far away they're going in the wrong direction well another direction and i knew that was the only <laughs> the only thing that was that was there uh is there, is this uh, this Pearl Islands, but of course later on I, I understood. Hey, the the, the 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 current was carrying me in the wrong direction. So I had to learn a lot about uh, navigation right on the first day, and then you know correct my course. And then uh, even then, you know I didn't I didn't learn that much. I mean you know there's so much to learn. But if you want to learn something by yourself, you need time. Uh, and of course, you know, time is not something that, that you'll always have. I was, I was very lucky in, in, in many occasions, um, but uh, it, uh, yeah, uh, it, it worked out okay to have this fear in me and then think, okay, hey, you have to do the right thing and so that, you know, you, you get to these islands. Uh, it took me about two days to, to get to these islands, like uh, they were... 60 kilometers or 70 kilometers south of Panama City. Mm -hmm. um, exciting times, exciting times. So you talk about mistakes there. And one of the things that came out in your film that made me laugh quite a lot is that your sail wasn't massively functional. It didn't really seem to do a lot. I think at one point you described it as being more useful as a sunshade than as a sail. So what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the biggest mistake with that sail? Why didn't it work? Uh, it did not work because I think there was a lot of drag. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the raft was, it was not streamlined, you know, it's, it's not smooth <laughs> yeah. enough to, uh, and that sail was not 
that big. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it worked quite okay when the wind came right behind you. Mm-hmm. you know? uh, like with the wind, you could you could go. Like I, I think you know, with the sail alone, I think I was you know some was getting like four or five kilometers per hour. I'm not talking about knots here because I'm a motorcyclist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't know what you're on about if you said knots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it did not work. It also didn't work because I had to learn how to sail, because you know I never set a sail before. Uh, so sailing is a is a is a art. It's a it's a skill. It's it's something that people learn. Like you know, you have to spend hours and hours. You know, and you have to have instructors. Uh, but here I was on the Pacific Ocean with a motorcycle and, and ten oil drums, and I was trying to sail with this this thing. No? So, but but you know, I I think I did pretty I did a pretty good job. Um, it, 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 I think you know um, the other thing is I I did not use the sail when when the wind was coming from the side because I was scared that that the whole thing might pull up, might, you know, <laughs> yeah. tilt on the other side. Yeah. So therefore, I was only using the sail when the wind came back, you know, from, mm-hmm. from behind. Yeah. So as you move through the film and the story kind of develops and you make the actual core part of your journey, it seems like every dramatic thing that happens is replaced by something more dramatic immediately and followed by an overwhelming realization that has become more dramatic for you. There's this moment where you talk about realizing that A, you're drifting towards the Galapagos Islands on a bamboo raft with some barrels attached to it, and that B, missing them and floating out on a current into the ocean is a very real possibility. What was that like to experience when you realized that moment that this was like a much bigger problem than you'd have originally anticipated? Uh, actually, I was quite relaxed then. Uh, I think, you know, I told you, I, I told you about, uh, I spoke about fears. But when I knew that I was, uh, I was lost at sea, yeah. um, I was quite relaxed. I mean, I, 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 uh, it was, it's, I think it's also evident in the film, you know, I'm not panicking. I just, uh, um, I'm just, I was quite calm uh, because I knew that, uh, you know, I had enough food for like a, like a month, uh, and, and also water. Um, so I, I was like, you know, hoping that, yeah, I'll, I'll find my way somehow, you know, it just, uh, it just, it just needs some time. Um, but of course, uh, on the ocean, you, it's, it's incredible how people don't notice you. Um, like, like I have, I have, I have seen boats, you know, there, there are a lot of, lot of this, I couldn't integrate all, all the, the, the things that happen on the raft in the film because I simply don't have the material mm-hmm. because, uh, the, 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 I made the film. I mean, never, never. I never even dreamt about making a film. Mm-hmm. I just had a camera with me. I just did that, like any anybody else would do. 
you know, just, 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 you know, film here a little bit, film there a little bit. So a lot of the time I was like trying to save my battery because I only had, you know, imagine, you know, I should have taken a few cameras and some, 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 you know, backup batteries and all that if I wanted to make a film. So I had just, I just this, this, this GoPro, an old GoPro and a, and a camcorder, and I had to, you know, charge them somehow. So I was only like, you know, if something happened, oh yeah, there's something, and I just would, you know, film like uh, 20 seconds, and I would just turn it off. Um, so there are a lot of the things that happened to me I did not film at all because I couldn't, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and and I, I didn't see the purpose. And uh, like, if I tell you, yeah, I have seen I have seen whales uh, on the ocean. When I saw the whales, and I was like enjoying the whale. Uh, without really, you know, taking the camera into my hand. Uh, if I would do it, if I, you know, when I go somewhere today, the first thing I do is grab my camera and I start filming. <laughs> but in those days, I was just like, you know, enjoying it. Uh, it, it so, so, so I couldn't really tell many things in the, in the, in the film. Like I know it's a 90-minute thing. I never believed that I could make a film out of this material. Uh, a 90 minute film mm -hmm. because I never believe that I have enough 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 stuff so that's why that's one of the reasons why you see that you know one thing happens and then you know I have to tell the, the you know something else but of course it keeps the, the, yeah. the film much more interesting it's... so there's no 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 boring uh, you know not never no, no, not a five minute arrest right mm -hmm. I, I just had to I just have to you know tell them the most important things that that happened to me or what I experienced and I just had to stay with that so I think you know, on, on one side it was a good thing uh, otherwise I think I probably would have enough stories to make two three films because you know these 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 are pretty pretty um, one of the greatest things is that it's nothing is played. You know, it is, it is authentic mm -hmm. because I never wanted to make a film. And I, you know, whatever I do there, I was just doing it because I, 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 I just, you know, had the camera in the hand. I just just filmed it to show, you know, watch it myself uh, later on or, or to, my, to, to my, you know, show it to my family mm -hmm. uh, or, or friends. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just not, not blabbling away. I, I can't even remember what, 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 what your question was. Well, I think you, I think you asked, answered it a little bit already. It was about the, what the experience of that kind of realization that this thing's happening. So uh, one of the things I think that we don't really get much of a sense of because there's always something kind of happening to you that's quite dramatic is what just like your day-to-day -day existence was like on the raft. Now, obviously it doesn't make great TV, but I think most of us are never going to get to experience what it's like to live on a raft for nearly two months. What were the parts of raft life that were amazing and you absolutely adored? And what were the parts that were really tough to deal with just on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, okay. I mean, I, I, I absolutely loved every minute of it. I mean, you know, this, I mean, you know, uh, even to this day, when I think about the raft, like say for instance, you know, I, I you are you are at a at a lake and you see the the moon rising and you know you see the mm -hmm. the reflection of the moon in the water. Uh, it just, I always tell Martina, my wife, hey, you know, I, I am on my raft now. 
it, uh, you know, I, I relive those moments each time when I am at the sea or, you know, when, when mm-hmm. I, when I, you know, these, these pictures, when they come back to me uh, and it makes me very emotional. It, it's incredible. And I, I, it, it makes me want to build a raft again and, and you know, go and, you know, sail on the ocean. It is, it is that much. I enjoyed it that much, that much. But having said that, it was, uh, it was a tough time. I mean, every minute of it was was tough. I mean, the 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 biggest problem I, I faced on the raft was uh, lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. I I could not sleep because uh, you know you have to stay awake because you know you, you don't want to get hit by a a, a ship or a boat or uh, so you always you are very vigilant. Um, and and I, I I couldn't sleep more than let's say an hour or, or, or two hours maximum. I would set my alarm. You know, I had a little uh, a, a, a mobile phone with me, and you know, I set the alarm one hour or two hours, and I would just wake up, and then you know, just watch, look around, and 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 that 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 made me really really. Uh, I mean, I, I suffered a lot because of that, but and and then of course. You know, on top of that, you have to uh, do repairs. Like, you know, I was repairing, uh, you know, in, in the film, you don't see me doing a lot of repairs, uh, you know, because I did not film much. Uh, but I tell you, I was repairing that thing probably, I don't know, uh, 10 hours a day. <laughs> There's always something, something uh, going you know, breaking down or, you know, you have to repair the keel or you have to do the rudders or the motorcycle would conk out and you have to do that. And, you know, the, the fuel filter would block and then you have to remove everything. But, you know, it, it, it taught me a lot of uh, patience on that, that, that journey. Uh, incredible, incredible. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm impressed with myself how patient I was yeah. uh, because like, you know, you're, you're, imagine, you know, you're so tired and then in, and then all of a sudden the, the, the engine stops working because, you know, then you have to do the, the, the diagnostics, you know, what is wrong. But, uh, you know, when, when every time when that happens, uh, it's a long process because I only had one battery. Mm-hmm. So you could not, you only, you only try once, twice. If it did not start, you go through the whole system, the fuel system, you go through the yeah. ignition system uh, to make sure that until, you know, you will find some problem. Mm-hmm. And then only, you know, you found a problem, okay, you repair it, and then only you start. Yeah. Because, you know, to be on the stairs. So I, I was basically, you know, doing a lot of work. Yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the tough thing. Uh, but, um, yeah. But on the other side, you know, you saw lots of um, uh, wildlife. I mean, you know, the the, the, the animal, uh, the fish, and the the the, the manta rays. You know, mm-hmm. it's incredible if you see, like, I don't know. Uh, all of a sudden, you start seeing fifty manta rays. They are just jumping out of the water and they do backflips. You know, to see something like that. You know, I've never seen that. I never seen that even in a film, mm-hmm. in, a, in a documentary footage. And I was telling this to my wife. You know, I have seen mantas doing backflips, and I was like, you know, YouTubing it. You know, try to find out. 
if, if that if that is well, nothing. And I was like feeling to myself, oh, they, nobody would believe me if I say that Manta Rays, they do backflips. You know, <laughs> I was quite ashamed to tell these stories to people because they think, yeah, Dylan is, you know, he was hallucinating. Uh, but, but, but like only about three or four days ago, I watched a documentary where they showed Manta Rays, you know, they do nice. these backflips. Yeah. And I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, hey, look, you know, they can be, <laughs> at last, you know, I can prove to people that I'm right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, and then, and then, of course, you know, there are other things like, uh, like, uh, you know, at night when the, the ocean lights up because there's so much plankton in that water, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, it, it would illuminate. Uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's just like if ever you've seen that film, um, there's a film about the, the boy and a tiger. And, and, yeah, yeah uh, the life of pie. Yeah. Life of pie, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you've seen that film and, and you see the, how that, that the ocean lights up in the mm-hmm. night and you see the fish. And it is, it is, I tell you, that film is a little bit, you know, it's a bit exaggerated, but it, it, is, it is just like that. I was, I was pie on that, <laughs> on that rock because it was, it was incredible. I mean, these are the things that, you know, probably you noticed, you know, how excited I get when I talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I no regrets. Uh, that's why I tell people, hey, people, just make a freaking raft and, and, and you know, <laughs> get that experience. Um, but of course, you know, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be thousands of people at some point just floating around with bikes in the middle of rafts. So I think yeah. one of the other things that was super interesting, and you don't really get a sense of it at the start of the film, but as it goes on, it becomes more and more apparent that you had a lot of stuff on that raft. Like you touched on it before that you kind of calculated maybe you could take 2,000 kilos of weight and it would still float. So what did you take? Like how much fuel did you have? How much water did you have? What food did you have? Um, I took lots of uh, rice, pasta, uh, noodles, um, uh, you know, like tin, you know, mm-hmm. canned food, uh, fish, because you know I was a lousy fisherman. <laughs> I, I, I could not, I could not catch any fish. So I was very happy that I, you know, I took these uh, uh, tuna fish, you know, cans, um, and and of course fruit cans, you know, pineapple and uh, uh, peach or apples or whatever. Um, I I couldn't really um, buy like you know you can't carry vegetable with you. Mm-hmm. But of course you know you know I, I had this uh, supplement vitamin supplement with the with the, with the, the canned uh, fruit that I had, and of course I was I was cooking uh, everything myself like you know it was just I had enough time. Uh, you know, when I was not repairing the raft and when I was not, you know, busy trying to navigate and, and you know, busy trying to, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever I was doing, I was just cooking. Um, actually, I, I, although I could have taken a lot more, I did not carry so much food. I mean, you know, with rice, you can get, as, as I said, I had enough food for like, like a, a month. But... Uh, but I was also scared that, you know, not to overload the raft too mm-hmm. much. Although you can take 2,000 kilos, you don't take 2,000 kilos. <laughs> <probably>. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was basically taking like, 
I had I had enough food for like 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 a month. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. So pro- probably probably a little little more <laughs> more than that because you know I when I knew that I was in in trouble, I started eating less and uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I couldn't eat because I was boring. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a little bit. I don't know if you ever saw it, the film The Martian, when he realizes that he's going to be there a lot longer and he starts to ration his food out and he's just there's that same scene when you're eating potatoes and you've just got a like a saucepan of potatoes. It really reminds me of that a lot. So I think okay, yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt that this was like a really extreme thing to do. And as a viewer, it seems like the whole process was something that you as a person like really needed to do. How did that journey change you as a person? And was it fulfilling or did it leave you wanting more? Uh, at the end of the journey, uh, I think you notice that I was, you know, that I was crying a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have, I have, I cried like a little baby <laughs> because, because uh, not, you know, I, I landed, you know, the raft uh, in, in Abdita uh, and I was so sad that it was over and I could not, I could not get over it. You know, I was like crying. I was crying. I think probably, I, I, I think I cried for like, a week, you know. I think I, I, I stayed in Ardita for for a week, and I, I could not stop my tears. Uh, it, it's it's I, I loved it that much um, because uh, I had seen some some amazing things, you know. <laughs> experience amazing things. These are these are not just things. These are not just just encounters. They were they were miracles, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so yeah, man can can only take so much you know you, you you don't when you're in it you don't you don't see these things as as miracles they are they're like wow you know it's a wonderful world you know you know it's only after you come back home and you start thinking and especially uh after going back to uh, to to panama uh, to look for my raft you know uh, we, mm-hmm. i went back to to ardita um then only I realized what a what a crazy adventure it, it was. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know how dangerous it was, uh, how easily it could have uh, gone wrong. I mean you know in, in few occasions it went wrong. But, uh, <laughs> that is a small <laughs> understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, for, for me, um, this this is the the greatest experience that I, I have ever, ever had in my life. You know, these are these, these things you, you can't buy that with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you, I, I think probably when I tell this story to people, if I did not have the, the, the film material, mm-hmm. people would not even believe me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people would think like, you know, oh yeah, you know, you could write a book and you can say, yeah, I did this, you know, I, I, I experienced this, this and that. but. People still think, oh yeah, okay, you know, yeah, he, he, great, great story. But I'm so happy I had the, the, those cameras, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that I was able to to, to capture those, those amazing uh, moments. That uh, you know, it could only you could only come back as a, as a different person. I think probably you're asking you did you I don't know if you asked me what what changed me you did no yeah yeah uh, how did it change you yeah yeah how did it change 
you know, I, I became more aware of what is important in life. Mm-hmm. That is that is what I am today. I'm I'm living my life in a in a totally different way. You know, I, I, I was when I was in Switzerland, when I you know before I left, I had my own business. Uh, I know I I, I sold it uh, off and and you know just use use the money to to travel travel the world. But I always knew that you know when I come back, I could I could restart. I could uh, because I'm 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 capable enough. You know, I got skills and you know I. I, I I can you know build it up again, but this journey changed me so much, and uh, it made me ask myself, uh, what is important? You know, what what do we do with life? You know, is it is is uh, 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 is an expensive car is is, is important to uh, important to have mm-hmm. expensive? You know, like you know, we, what we do is usually as people as human beings. We try to impress other people, you know, without really living life. You know, there's there's so much out there. Uh, you know, if you if you start looking around, if you, if you start seeing the world uh, like 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 a, like a child, you know, like uh, like like to see you know how wonderful the world is, the amazing things that. You know, if you're in the ocean, I saw these this plankton and how it illuminates the the, the ocean. You know, you never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And and you you I, I encountered dolphins and I have seen uh, these these uh, these 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 whales. Uh, you know, and and then you know you come to land and you know people would be nice to you. They help you, uh, and yeah, although you are in the in the still in the Darien jungle. You know, there was, I, I never had the feeling that people, anybody tried to cheat me. And this is, and you know, I, I started trusting people a lot more. I mean, you know, I was, I was, I, I trusted people uh, in my world, world tour. You know, as I was, I was traveling around, it was good. But it is, uh, you, you, I, I live a, a total a different life now. I mean, since four years. Uh, my wife and I, we live in a in a in a camper van. You know, I I, I, I converted our our, uh, our van into a camper, and we live in that. And we 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 travel a lot. We we see the world, and you know, it, to us, it is not important to have expensive things. You know, big houses. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not. Don't don't get me wrong. That it is not wrong. If you if you if you if you want a big house, please have it. You know, enjoy it. Uh, but to me, you know, it, it became senseless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as long as I have enough to eat, as long as I have, uh, you know, uh, enough to clothe myself, I can spare a lot of, you know, I can, I can, I can just cut down all those hours that I'm spending in order to earn money to build a big house and 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 do do things you, you know what i'm, I'm trying yeah, to yeah 100% yeah <laughs> yeah so so this is this is what what this is this is how i changed you know this is how this journey changed me mm-hmm. so i have become a a, a a very different person i i i feel with people uh, much more and i try to convey this message to to everybody hey happiness is not uh, you know don't don't look for happiness in things uh, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to experience life. Mm-hmm. You have to experience, uh, you know, you know, just, just, just see the wonders that the world has to offer, and and you know, you 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 be a very different person. I think you know, it would, it would even, I think the whole world would become a 
a, a much more peaceful place if, if people start thinking like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we would not be accumulating things and, and you know, uh, you're not trying to become powerful and have more things and be controlling. No, rather you are just enjoying yourself, you know, be, be one with the nature and one with, you know, with this, with this world. So I think uh, that's a really kind of a nice segue into my last question. One of the things I've always found really fascinating is the different ways that people try to achieve that same feeling, the different adventures that they go on. And you recently completed, I believe it was a thousand kilometer walk. How was that experience compared to traveling by a raft or compared to traveling by motorcycle? Uh, okay. Um, I have to admit that hiking, I hate hiking. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is not me. Okay. Uh, we were, we were like, uh, like a week before I started my, my thousand kilometer hike, we were in Poland. Uh, my wife and I, we were just traveling, you know, uh, traveling around Eastern, uh, Europe. And, you know, just, just, just traveling. And then one day she, she told me, she looked at me and said, Dylan, your belly is coming out. It, it, it's, it's, it's really getting big. You have to do something. I said, what shall I do? She said, you have to maybe start walking. I said, okay, then I walk. And <laughs> so the best place to walk is, I said, okay, then I will, I will go to this, uh, uh, the way of St. James mm -hmm. uh, in, in Spain. So I, I just, you know, I just made the decision, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this walk, 1,000 kilometers in order to get rid of my belly. And so off we, you know, we just turned around, we forgot, we just forgot about our, our rest of the trip in, in Eastern Europe. We just headed down towards uh, 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 Spain and I started my 1,000 my kilometer journey from the, the uh, along the Atlantic, uh, Atlantic coast. Uh, that was uh, a, a great great experience i mean uh, like you know the, the the scenery was absolutely amazing i never imagined that uh, north of spain can be so beautiful mm -hmm. uh, uh, of course you know it wasn't a, a spiritual journey it wasn't a um, kind of you know i'm trying to find the meaning of life or you know trying to <laughs> because i think i have found the meaning of life already so it, it was it was more a more a you know challenge to myself you know you know, you, you should not always do the things that you like doing. You also have to do the things that you hate sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that, that's what, one of the reasons why I, why I chose this thousand kilometers. And I did 991 kilometers and the last nine kilometers I could not because uh, my, 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 my shin, uh, I had, I had problems, you know, it was, it was swollen and, uh, the, so I, I wanted to end my my walk um, at Finisterre, uh, that the mm -hmm. end of the world. You know what the the Romans considered it as end of the world uh, once upon a time. So I asked Martina to to come and pick me up and and drive me to to Finisterre. <laughs> 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 uh, but but it was it was it was a nice experience. I mean you know the thing is I did thousand kilometers, uh, like. 991 kilometers but um you should not concentrate on that thousand you know i worked for one whole month every day i was only okay i'm going to do 35 
I'm going to do 40. I'll do 45. You know, that, that was my, 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 my goal every day. I never thought about 1,000, right? I just did until I got to Finisterre. Um, but coming back, it hit me like, a, my God, you have walked freaking 1,000 kilometers. You know, like until I, I got there, I wasn't very, I, I wasn't that, you know, I, when, I, when I was in uh, Santiago de Compostela, I was emotional. Uh, and I, you know, a little bit, I was, but when I got to finish today, it was nice. But I got emotional, very emotional driving back when I saw this, this GPS, you know, home, that's, you know, you, you have done, you have done thousand kilometers mm -hmm. and it's, it's an incredible feeling. It's an incredible feeling. Fantastic. But it did not change me a lot. <laughs> it's a, I think one of the things I find interesting is that there's, there's a side to traveling by motorcycle that is infinitely permanently enjoyable like there in terms of especially when you travel off-road and it's difficult you have this constant adrenaline rush that i think uh, when you travel in other means you you don't have in the same way i imagine you kind of got it a little bit when you traveled on that raft because death was always around the next corner so did you miss that when you were walking or was it kind of nice to have a little bit more of a peaceful enjoyment of the surroundings um actually um i, I, I prefer a motorcycle any day <laughs> okay <laughs> good we like motorcycles around here <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 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 and it, it was nice to see something different mm -hmm. uh but don't forget that the raft journey was was completely different and and that that that's something that i always wanted to do as a child mm -hmm. and you know later I, I managed to do it and it was it was a it was a total different experience because you know walking i i, I you know how to walk right so there's not there's nothing new uh you also we also came to some some really really cool places because because of this corona situation uh a lot of the the the, the hostels were closed like i would say like 80 percent of the hostels were closed uh so therefore i had to ask martina my wife to come and uh you know to wherever i was and i would just walk during the day and you know she would she would get to where i i was and we would just drive off to a nice nice beautiful place and we would just spend the night and then she would bring me back to the same place the next day so it was it was a kind of a, a luxury luxurious way of walking uh, the camino uh, San, santiago um but uh, but with a motorcycle i think you know you would you would uh, you would enjoy it a lot more by the way i am planning you know the, 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 while i was walking it gave me the idea to uh, organize a, a motorcycle tour next next year. So I'm I'm planning a, 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 a you know take take a group along that road all the way to Finisterre, and uh, that is uh, that, that's something that that you know that is in the in the process of planning right now. Um, but uh, you would see you would have a lot more time to enjoy a certain place because when you're walking. You would see something, but you can't just hang around. You can't just see that mm -hmm. way because you know while you're walking, your body is warm, and if you sit down for a for, for too long, you you know you can't you know you can't restart. It, it, you become very sluggish, you know. I, so what I what I, what I, what I, that, that that I that I found really really hard. Like every time when I took a break, 
and I stopped taking breaks actually. I started I, I, the whole day I would walk. Um, I did not even have breakfast in the morning. I did not carry any food. I just walked the whole day without any food and I would come back and, uh, mm-hmm. and you know Martina would cook something nice so it was it was uh, a, a, a pretty cool. But of course you know uh, going that that, 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 that route probably with a motorcycle I think I would even enjoy it a lot more. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, it's been an awesome podcast. Uh, Thank you very much for your time. It's been fascinating. I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was really, really well put together and you you constructed the story into something cohesive in a really, really good way. It kind of kept me gripped for the whole time. Um, So tell people where they can find it um, to watch. Uh, You can... It's available on the internet as a, a video on demand. Uh, all the platforms: uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Vimeo, uh, Amazon. You can find it. Um, did I mention all of them? Mm-hmm. I think you know. You can just 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 you know all, all the all the video on demand platforms you you will find. And by the way, if you have the chance to uh, get my book is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. You will read a lot more stories, or you know, you know, you know, than what you what you see on, on the, in the film. Because in the film, as I said already, uh, you can't tell all the things that happened because uh, you know because I did not have the the, the, the material mm-hmm. to to tell these stories. But uh, books are always much better. Uh, just use the the film as a as a you know just to, to as a verification that you know this is an authentic story <laughs> fantastic uh, and what's uh, what's the actual film title uh, when the road ends when the road ends there we go well thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure um yeah pleasure thank you very <laughs>